we have a hard time admitting this, but a lot of times when things aren't going right, they say, oh, I tried hiring a VA and they were horrible. And maybe 30, 40% of those is accurate. But the other 60, 70% is because you suck at giving directions. Right. You right. suck at giving directions. It's garbage in, garbage out. You give people garbage instructions, you're going to get garbage results. Right. Well, and honestly, there is a way to overcome that because I've, you know, some people, they're just terrible at it. And in the whole point of having a VA is covering areas that we suck at. I mean, we're just not going to be good at everything. And so instead of getting, you know, disappointed or frustrated because you suck at that, you know, you can get a VA to help. You are listening to Next Up Nation, where leaders and influencers dish their secrets to inform, inspire, and entertain serious podcasters with host Tiffany Youngren. Today, you'll discover how to finally get some of those tasks off your desk that you know you should have delegated long ago. Jeff J. Hunter is a powerhouse in the virtual team space, marketing, and podcasting. So you are about to hear incredible insight and action tips. You know, if you're like many experts who podcast or are thinking about podcasting, don't believe anyone who tells you that you have to wait for a certain number of downloads or anything else for that matter to make money at it. To see what I mean, go to profitpodcasting.com slash listener to download our Profit Podcasting Playbook. I'm giving it away to value listeners like you so you can step up and become next up. Now here's the show. Prepare yourself. Okay, let's go. Hey there, I'm Tiffany Youngren, owner of OMH Agency, and welcome to Next Step Nation. It's a weekly show that brings you leaders and influencers across a vast number of industries who are happy to share their insights on expanding our spheres of influence. So thank you so much for listening. Today, I am so excited to welcome Jeff J. Hunter, founder and CEO at VA Staffer. Jeff J. Hunter builds personal brands for accomplished CEOs and founders who are ready to leverage their business achievements to become influencers in their category. Jeff, welcome and thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. Yes, yes. And you also are the created the creator of brandedmedia.io yeah, that's and right. founder of VA Staffer, a yep. 80 plus team of virtual staffing agency. Yeah, just a couple. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Well, one thing I'm so excited to talk to you more because I know, number one, you have a lot to share when it comes to how you have profited from podcasting, but two, speaking to this whole idea of incorporating virtual assistants, I always say VA, assuming everybody knows what we mean, but not everybody does. So why don't you first just start out by talking about what is a VA and how are they incorporated in what you do, but also in your podcasting? Well, there's a great debate about what a VA is, a virtual assistant. And honestly, I'm not even really liking the term VA. I don't really like it because it's too broad. And really, if you think about it, a VA could be anyone or anything, anyone who's an assistant virtually. And the thing is, I don't, even though my company name, of course, this is seven years ago when I started this, VA Staffer, a lot of the market has changed and, and the technology and the platforms has changed so much. A virtual assistant is basically someone who does something for you virtually online. It's almost like an employee, but I don't like the word employee either. I'll say team member, but someone who is basically an extension of you. 
And one of the things that I'm excited to share with you today, I know we, we talked a little bit about before, but <clears throat> how I use a virtual assistant to help grow my podcast, my reach, my authority, start building connections for me. And then, of course, using a virtual team to replace functions that I'm very happy to delegate out <laughs> because, because I don't have any joy in doing a lot of this stuff. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's incredible. We live in a, in a great time, and, and I, I know it's, it's crazy. I've, I've been dubbed the king of outsourcing many years ago, and now with everything that's going on with COVID-19 and everyone being basically forced to, to work remotely, it's, it's kind of a good time to, to be the king of outsourcing. Yeah, definitely. Well, and I think, too, as people kind of level up their game and really find their sphere of genius, things that they're really good at working in, there's no reason to be doing those things that are outside of that, but instead just really leaning into that. And I think this virtual staffing is a good answer to that. So if you don't like the term virtual assistant, what term would you dub it? Like, have you thought about that? Yeah, I like specialist. For me, the person who's doing my outreach on on my own LinkedIn account, matter of fact, truth be told, the reason why we're connected today is because Nicole, my quote unquote, virtual assistant, I actually call her an executive assistant because she does a lot of my executive tasks, but she's really a specialist. I think specialist is probably the best word. Also, I guess you could say that she wears the hat of booking agent because she helps me coordinate with calendars and things like that. So I, I think that when you say assistant, I think that it devalues what somebody's role is because, you know, I don't like people that just do mindless tasks. I want people to be smart. I want people to find better ways to do things for me. I don't want to have to sit there and babysit people all the time on what they should be doing every single step of the way. I want someone who's able to look at something and say, maybe there's a better way to do this. Right, right. And now, did I read that you use a lot of your time like to travel? Did I read correctly? You travel. (laughs) I definitely have done some traveling. Like has VA, has hiring these specialists played a part in you being able to live beyond just what the work tasks are at hand? One of the beautiful things about being remote in general is that I can pretty much work anywhere, right? And I'm just one Zoom call away from anyone on my team. I'm one Zoom call away from any of my clients. And I've I've really built a specialty around building out virtual remote teams. And yeah, I've been to Singapore, Australia. I've been to New Zealand. I've been to the Philippines 15 times because a lot of my team members are in the Philippines, you know, all over the place, Korea and Japan and even in all over America for sure. But to Mexico, yeah, I, I, I've done a lot of my work from a, ho- a hotel room or from somewhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? So that really speaks to the whole value of not only having people help you, you know, reliable team that can help you, but also just having the freedom of being remote. And I, it, I've been remote for a lot, like remote, re, not remote, like actually in my house, which is yeah. the opposite of remote, but it used to not be so cool. And now I feel like with everything that's happening, a lot more people are embracing it as a lifestyle and more designing their work. And I think it's interesting too, because as with the new generation kind of coming in and that's been a trend anyway, is lifestyle being so important. So it's interesting to hear that how this, your, the way that you do things is not only enhancing your business, but it's enhancing your life. You know, I think that, for example, when I went to Singapore, I was speaking as uh, I was actually the keynote speaker for 
something called the Entrepreneurship Immersion Academy, which is a, a program for 17 to 25s mm. who are just at that point, you know, where you and I were, right? Trying to figure out what the hell we were doing at 17 to 25 years old, what we wanted to do in life, no direction, no idea. And just giving them the option to learn a little bit about entrepreneurship and creating their own bit their own vision and building their own dreams and, and business. And it's not for everybody, but the Immersion Academy is literally where we were able to go over to Singapore and go to other businesses that were startups and things and seeing like, you know, how they work and how it is to start one. And I will say that the virtual remote lifestyle, it's not for everybody. And even for me, like, I, I love the idea of me have, I waking up and coming into my office here in my house. This is my home office. It's a, it's a 900 square foot home office. It's bigger than some people's houses or apartments if you live in New York, right? All right. Um, San Francisco or New York. This is, a, this is huge. Yeah. But, you know, like I like consistency. I'm a creature of habit. But at the same time, I do like to travel. And it's nice to be able to get out and travel and still have the ability to obviously provide for my family, right? Right. Well, and... So when you're hiring or now you have a staffing agency, is that right? It's, right. How does that work exactly? Well, VA staffer, it's funny because it, when it first started, I had no idea what I was doing. Like most entrepreneurs, <laughs> I was validating my ideas on Fiverr.com back <laughs> okay. when it was five bucks, you know, back right. when it was still $5. <laughs> That's how long ago it was. All right. And I was like, what would people pay for my team to do for them? And I was thinking like social media, you know, we had a gig that was like, we'll manage your, your Twitter account for, for uh, five bucks. And basically they'd pop in for a half hour and find people that would be potential followers and like their posts and reply to them. And usually people would follow you after you did that. So I put a, so that's when I first flipped the switch from going hourly to results-based. So it used to be, I'll manage your Twitter for a half hour or whatever to I'll get you 10 followers. Hmm. Cause then hmm. there was a mindset shift. I don't know how long it's going to take to get 10 followers. If it's going to take my team five minutes, 10 minutes or 30 minutes. Right. Right. Or an hour doesn't to them, they don't know, but we had a process to where we can get those followers in like 10, 15 minutes. So we are actually making more money, but they didn't know it's tangible results. So that I was, I did a lot of experimenting on how to price things, how to, how to do things. And now our existing model, our model that we have right now is really what's been working well. And it's been, we've actually hired 31 people in the past 60 days. Our company is growing really fast by doing something called a pooled hours type of arrangement where, and we started with COVID-19, we started this new, what we call the solopreneur plan, which is only 298 bucks for 20 hours a month of support. And basically that comes out to be like 1490 an hour ish about, but people bill by tasks. So you get 20 credits, right? And each task can take half a credit or a full credit or 15 minutes of a credit is a quarter credit. Right. And, and they can do everything from graphic design, web design, video editing to, you know, helping you manage your calendar or book a flight for you or whatever the heck you need done. And it's a very, very low stress option. People know here's a fixed cost. Here's what I'm going to get. And it just works really easy. It, it, people love it. Mm. So 
you know, when I'm talking to people about having a VA, in fact, I've had clients where I'm like, I'm not going to do this work for you unless you hire. And sorry, I keep calling it a VA, but like, um, for lack of a better word. That's what everybody calls it, you know, when in Rome. Yeah, exactly. So when a lot of times I'll tell them, like, you have to have some sort of assistant in order for me to set this up because you doing it on your own is ridiculous, right? You should be doing other things. And and actually, this is a perfect segue. I call it the 90-10 rule. And I, I, the 90-10 rule is something, by the way, it's a book that I'm coming out with, but it's, it's a wonderful, when, when you, when it happens, when you finally have this realization of how valuable this is in your life to realize that if you just wrote a list of 10 things that you need to accomplish in this month, right? There's probably one thing on that list that if you did it is more important than all the other nine things together, mm-hmm. right? But okay. yet we wake up and our minds focus on all these other things that we sh- that is not the most valuable use of our time, yeah. right? And the 90-10 rule is about trying to focus your life on the 10%, that one thing, right? That one thing out of 10, that 10% that really drives you forward that gives you the biggest results. And then you have to make a decision with those other 90%, right? Mm. And this is where I call it ADD, which a lot of us have, right? The, the, the choices of AD and ADD are you either, if you don't want to do something yourself, you've either got to automate it, you've got to delegate it, or you flat out delete it, mm. right? Yep. And that's really the choices that you've got. And what's beautiful about that is that when you start realizing and doing that checklist and saying, is this really valuable for my business? Is it really valuable for my life? Like, for example, how many entrepreneurs do you know are so damn busy? They don't have any time with their families. They're going through divorces. The, the suicide and divorce rate is so high in entrepreneurship compared to any other type of, of job out there, right? Oh, wow. Yeah. So you've got to think about what's, what's the most valuable things in your life. And then how do you, how do you put a plan together to focus on those? Right. Well, and a lot of times what I found in, you know, maybe you've seen the same thing is those people don't, don't have the time to Mm. find and train. When you see someone make that transition, what is something that works? You know, if someone's, cause you know who I'm imagining, like that person who's like, what you're saying, I get it. I'm busy. I need to delegate, but I, you know, I don't want to think that hard. Like I've never done it. It feels like I'm, you know, climbing a mountain and I don't want to climb a mountain. (laughs) So what, what is something you've seen be successful for those people to make that transition? I'm so glad you brought that up because this is one of the biggest lies that we tell ourselves. And this is a self-limiting belief, by the way, that I don't have time Mm -hmm. to not have time. Right. (laughs) I don't have time to make time. Right. I, I'm too busy to get unbusy. Right. And, you know, and here's the thing. And I think that this is an underlying problem of our culture. And it's not just American culture. It spans multiple countries. But I think America is very prideful about the level of work. Work ethic is such a huge thing in America. And, you know, we wear it like a badge of honor. We go into a, the, the next Christmas party or, or Thanksgiving dinner with a family and we bring everybody together and they're like, Hey, Tiffany, how are you? And you're like, Oh, things are really great. I'm <laughs> so busy. I'm just so busy. Like, yeah. Yeah. And it's really frustrating because, you know, then you have Gary Vaynerchuk, 
right? Then you have Grant Cardone. And by the way, I like both of those guys. Yeah. I've worked with them on some capacity. And, but they're all about the hustle, the grind. The reason you're not doing well in life is because you're not working hard enough, right? right. You know, Grant Cardone, he has a, a, a quote that basically he's, he's looking at other people going on vacations and stuff, you know, and, and, and doing all these different things. And he's just like, no, you should be hustling right now so that you can live the life later that they won't, that they'll dream of. Like they're living their dream now. And then you're going to live everyone's dream later. Yeah. And for me, it's like, ah, there has to be a balance there. Mm -hmm. Right. So what I would say is that you have to first off, look at yourself and say, is there possibly going to be a little bit of investment in your time to put some processes together or like Tiffany, you already have amazing processes for doing podcasting, right? Like you're giving people a shortcut, right? Mm -hmm. There's, there's always people that have already been there and they've already got the answers, right? And I don't know if you know who Brian Tracy is amazing, amazing guy. But one of the things that he says, which I agree completely is that the path to success, it's already written. There's already successful people. All you have to do is follow their steps, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I've been very fortunate and blessed is that over the past couple of years, I've really developed out my own mentor network to where I have incredible people in my network that I can call and, and I have formed relationships with them and say, hey, look, this is what I'm going through. And, and these are people that are seven, eight, some are nine figure business owners that they love to help. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you've experienced this, but I've noticed that I found lots of people that want to help. Most yeah. people that I know that are not evil capitalists. They're mm-hmm. successful business owners that have figured things out. Yeah. They're and the, they want to help the, other people. Bending down with their hands, reached out, pulling people up. And exactly. We definitely. as the saying goes, right? The tide the tide rises together, right? We're all yeah. we're all Rise rising. All ships. Yep, that's right. Well, and so it I, I could not agree with you more. I quite honestly, and you even were speaking to that whole concept of working really hard now so that you can get it someday. One thing that Gary Vee says that I actually like when it comes to the, there's a lot he says that I like, but one thing that I, <laughs> that I think he says to this, cause you're right. He's all about the hustle. That's his message. But I do like that. He said that he says that whole idea about eating crap <laughs> and, and liking it. And while if you haven't heard Gary Vee, that probably sounds really extreme. And like, why would you like that phrase? <laughs> yeah. But, but it's, I believe that if you're working in the area that, that you're really good at in your zone of genius, it's going to, you're going to love it. So what I don't like about what he says is it's, it's more forced. It's like, this is crap. And so you have to just like it because you have to just do it. And there's some truth to that because a lot of times too, we'll avoid the things that we, that are harder and we need to not do that. Like we need to dive right in and just attack them. But we, you know, we do have to, it's not going to feel like eating crap if we like it, you know? So like, it's not going to feel like it. And so that part is true, but I 100% believe that if we're waiting for that day to arrive, we're missing the boat. I mean, and I like Grant Cardone a lot. I've, I've listened to his books. I, you know, I just dig, I was in real estate for a long time, but I don't buy into that 
whatsoever. <laughs> and, and especially he's kind of living proof. Like he's had it, lost it and building, built it again. So he's a success story. However, what's he waiting for? And I know he's got a good life, so I know he's, you know, enjoying it, but I just want to encourage people that, you know, what you said, where it's like, live it now, love it now. How can you design what you're doing to fit that. So then that's why I'm so excited about what we're talking about. So when someone does finally kind of make that mindset shift and put a half a, you know, half a minute, (laughs) hot second into what, what does that look like? How can I make this happen? What are a couple things that you see that people do wrong and how can they correct that to have a better experience? Well, you know, coming from a, so in in my past life, I was a fortune 500 project manager. So Wow. One of the sayings that we that we say is that for every one minute of planning saves 10 minutes in execution, right? So putting together a plan, and this is what's really interesting. People really hate creating documentation. They hate mm-hmm. SOPs. They hate processes. And the reason why is because there's there is a perception, and there is some reality to the perception, by the way, that it's a kill of production, right? Because you're not focused on doing something you're documenting doing something. So you're stopping doing something and then you have to go back to it. But this is the new age, man. And look, you don't have to stop doing something. As a matter of fact, you're doing it every day. And now we have this thing called technology, you know, Mm -hmm. and you can actually record things that you do. So for example, I told you a little bit earlier about how one of the things that I'm using my virtual assistants for is to actually do outreach to amazing podcast hosts like you to scope them out. One of the things I have my VAs doing is going to, for example, your LinkedIn account, looking at your latest podcast, actually listening to it, and then commenting about it. So mm-hmm. some, someone from my team, here's the reveal all shocking moment. Someone from my team went to your page, identified that you have a really cool podcast, checked out your latest podcast, liked it, made a comment about it, and then sent you a connection request with your name on it. Hey, Tiffany, I loved your latest podcast episode with whoever the last guest was and looking forward to connecting with you, which is probably very similar to what you received, right? <laughs> and then afterwards, usually you'll say, hey, thank you so much. I'm so glad you liked it. About a week later, my team sends another message saying, hey, you know what, Tiffany, I've been really loving the podcast that you've got out there and I can really tell how much it means to you. And you know, maybe if it makes sense, your audience might want to learn a little bit about virtual assistants or maybe developing SOPs or maybe the 90-10 rule about delegating your life. And you're like, you know what, Jeff, that's a great idea. Let's do it. And then usually you'll send me a calendar link or you'll ask me for mine, which is probably reminiscent to our conversation, right? (laughs) Ironically, that was all sent by my team. So I'm here today because my team did that. How did I build that process out? I had Nicole, my assistant, on a call with me. She's my executive assistant. And we went over and did this process and she created a documentation for it. And then she's able to go through and actually do that. I was going to do it anyway. It didn't cost me any extra time except for hopping on a Zoom call, hitting the screen share button, pressing record and telling her why. See, people have to understand if you're not building in your process why people are doing it, if you don't train people why to do something, that's when things go wrong. Because then at that time, they're just copy pasting doing things and they're not thinking about the end goal, right? Because right. maybe not everything in life isn't scripted. Right. right. 
Well, and that's the thing I think you hit on that I think is really important to kind of absorb for a minute is the idea that a lot of times as principals, we complain that people don't think for themselves, quite honestly. And that's exactly why, you know, they're not because they're only given one puzzle piece and they don't have the picture to go, oh, well, then maybe this should go over here or, you know, so if a lot of times I'll look at that all because I, you know, we're all very forward, very like action doer and like to know how everything's going. But if we, if we start to see our people, not our team members of whether it's a virtual assistant or an in-house kind of zoning out and just functioning like a robot, it's us. It's not that <laughs> usually. And what you just people, said is usually it. And a lot of people, <laughs> And don't get me wrong. I'm not invalidating that there's just some people that have bad hires. Okay. Oh yeah, that's true. And, and that that's another. <laughs> that's another thing we could talk about too. Okay, we'll go into that because my hiring strategy is like 100% different than what everyone else tells you to do out there. Because it's it's mind blowing to me how many people are trying to profit by giving advice that's really bad advice, and they haven't done done it for themselves. You know, like. For me, I've built a virtual assistant team of 80 plus people. And what I don't tell you is about the hundreds of people that I've hired that didn't work out, right? right. I've learned a lot from those hundreds of people I hired that didn't work out. And, Which, and one of the things that I've learned, by the way, is that you never hire someone looking for a job. Hmm. There's a reason why people are looking for a job. Right. I only recruit. So I'm only looking for people that have been out of position for a year to two years already and it's a vertical. So in other words, it's not exactly the same job, but for example, if I'm recruiting someone to be an executive assistant for me or one of my clients to manage their LinkedIn presence or something like that, I would want someone who possibly works at a call center, right? That's usually on American time zone because that's one of the hardest thing is finding a vampire to work during US times. If because I love I love hiring my friends in the Philippines. You know, a lot of people give me crap for it. I they say, oh, you're exploiting third world country labor, this and that, whatever else, and it's cheaper. You're looking at, you know what? Let me tell you the number one reason why I hire from the Philippines. They are loyal. They're mm. loyal and they're very good at customer service. Mm. Those are the two most important qualities for me. I want someone who's going to stick around. The average tenure here in America is 1.8 years. You want to invest all sorts of time teaching someone all your processes and all that stuff for them to leave before the two-year mark. Most of my people on my team, and I've only got a six-year-old company, are 2.7 years, right? Wow. Like, that's incredible. Yeah, so, yeah. So anyway, back to the point <laughs> that you have to understand that you, you need, you know, and we, don't, we have a hard time admitting this, but a lot of times when things aren't going right, they say, oh, I tried hiring a VA and they were horrible. And maybe 30, 40% of those is accurate. But the other 60, 70% is because you suck at giving directions. Right. You suck at giving directions. It's garbage in, garbage out. You give people garbage instructions, you're going to get garbage results. Right. Well, and honestly, there is a way to overcome that because I've, you know, some people, they're just terrible at it. And in the whole point of having a VA is covering areas that we suck at. I mean, we're just not going to be good at everything. And so instead of getting you know, disappointed or frustrated because you suck at that, you know, you can get a VA to help give directions. I have, I have project management VAs. I have VAs that are project managers that 
funny enough, they weren't project managers in a past life. I technically, I should probably call them project coordinators or, or team leaders, but one of their jobs is that they actually work with my clients to help create documentation because it's so painful for most people to create documentation. Right. right. And, and I think that that's such an important piece. You should be have, you should have at least, you know, a 70% of your business tasks should have a, a process. You know, there's going to be things that you can't processitize. Like for example, you and I making business decisions on, you know, who's going to be a podcast guest. Like, for me, I, I'm able to, to, I'm able to make that into a process. So like, even for you, Tiffany, like, does Tiffany have a, a show that has anything to do with marketing, sales, human resources, obviously podcasting is part of marketing in my book. Mm-hmm. And the second piece is, is she consistent? Do you post at least once every other week, right? Like, When's your podcast release? I like the, I like people that are active once a week, at least mm-hmm. like, like that's a minimum criteria and you can set criteria and, and what you can do is, and a shout out to my friend, Dennis, Yu, who is an incredible guy at, at creating tasks and, and processes, but he always talks about having a checklist for your most basic business functions. Everything and we even before this podcast, guys, I knew me and Tiffany were going to get along because she even told me about her podcast steps that she's following to make me feel comfortable on her show. And I said, wow, that's fantastic. Yeah. So how can you break things down into simple checklists to make sure that your VA is doing what they're supposed to and that there's a final checkoff to make sure, oh yeah, I didn't forget that part. Check. Right. Right. Well, and quite honestly, I started this a long time ago because I have to create processes that I know I won't forget. You know, as a host, mm-hmm. even you're like, well, I do it. I do it plenty, but still I'm doing 12 other things right before I come here and I still want it to go well. Like it's not an excuse. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't want you to know what I just did. I want you to know that right now I'm here, I'm present. I'm, and, and a lot of that is, is I, I have these lists and I create them assuming I will forget everything. And then <laughs> In turn, it creates really good checklists for my team there because nice. it's really, I say it's dummy proof for me, but it really helps everyone. And I, I wanted to kind of take a turn too and talk a little bit about your podcast. What First, what is the name of your podcast? Boom. Savage Marketer, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. That. That's right. Savage Marketer. So if you're listening um, with Even my computer on my desk has a glass <laughs> engraved. For those of you listening in, you're really, you're really missing out on a beautiful video. You got to check out her <laughs> video on the website. That's right. That's right. The, I, you know, and I mentioned this before, you are a genius at branding. I think you do a very good job of that. Savage Marketer podcast is very simple. It's a 20 minute session. And I dive in with industry leaders to find out like, what is that savage marketing strategy that like took you to the next level, right? Like okay. it really sparked off the success. And I, I have a feeling for you, it's probably going to be around you developing out your processes. Awesome. Well, and two, why did you start the podcast itself? I started the podcast because everyone told me I needed a podcast and there were a million and a half reasons why. And uh, even my good friends uh, like Tony Grebmeyer, he, he has a podcast and Sammy Taggett and a bunch of other good friends of mine. And I was also looking at my clients. My clients had podcasts and I was seeing 
what they're able to do by leveraging the podcast to get really incredible connections made with people that they normally wouldn't have the opportunity to get in front of because they had a podcast and people like talking about themselves. Right. Well, so I was like, wow, that's incredible. Like I was mind blown, but then I was like, man, the other thing too, is that I hate creating content. I hate sitting in front of a video camera and coming up with ideas. So podcast was a great way for me to co-create content too. Right. Yeah. Yep. So I was like, oh, this is a this is a double win. A, I'm gonna be able to leverage my podcast to get amazing guests on my show that I wouldn't have normal have access to. I've already gotten like Sean Cannell, who is the number one YouTube marketing guy. He owes he has a book called YouTube Secrets. That was a huge following. We became friends. We we went to a Grant Cardone event <laughs> last uh, right before COVID nineteen shut down. I think yeah. it was in March. We went to an event together in Las Vegas and, uh, you know, that's a relationship. I mean, he's got millions of followers on, on YouTube, Yeah, you know, like that's one relationship right there that I've been able to build from my podcast that I wouldn't have even known. He wouldn't have given me the time of day if it wasn't for the podcast. You know, I talk to a lot of people who are either considering podcasting or who have dabbled in it, which is a little bit painful. Like I think about that and I'm like, well, that's dabbling's painful. Stop doing that. But you know, when I'm talking to them, the first thing people want to know about is profiting. And I want to talk about that in just a minute. But before we do, I just wanted to add like of all the way that ways that we've profited from podcasting, there is no advantage greater that we have seen than the relationships that we've built with it. And I always say, it's like, it's like marketing. It's the most relational marketing I've ever seen. You know, it's it's all technology, but just totally relationships. Here's the the relationship story of the century for me, at least, because this is proof of the podcast. And it's a beautiful thing, obviously, when you have your own podcast, because an additional benefit, actually, that I should say, is that when you have a podcast, you can leverage it to get on other people's podcasts, Mm -hmm. which that was mind blowing to me because I didn't think about that. But I ended up getting on a podcast for Josh Nelson. It's called the Seven Figure Agency Podcast. Mm -hmm. And his target audience are agency owners that are building digital marketing agencies. And we popped on and I was wearing the digital agency brand, branded media. And I said, and I was talking about how I have an amazing graphic design team and how we do these brand guides for our clients. And I just started sharing my screen and showing some of the brand guides we made. And he was like, whoa, dude, this is freaking awesome. I love it. He's like, I need one of these for myself. By the way, uh, do you have a white label program? Because I'd like to sell this to my clients too. And I'm like, yeah, let's go. And on the podcast, and we, it was a Facebook Live. So we're <laughs> on live and I'm seeing all these comments coming in and people saying, yeah, I want it too. I want it too. And I was like, in my mind, quick thinking, I was like, hey, listen, it's $3,000 for the brand guide, but I'm going to give you a coupon code. Uh, Obviously, I have to make it after this call, but I'm going to make a $500 off coupon code for you. And I'm going to call the coupon code whatever. And anyone listening in, give me five minutes after the podcast, I'll create the coupon code and you guys can go to the website and sign up for $2,500. And I'll do do the consult call with you personally, because usually my team does that. And they're like, oh, wow, yeah. So after the podcast, he signs up. So I'm like, okay, 2,500 bucks on a podcast, not bad. Well, then this other guy, Chris, he signs up. And I'm like, holy smokes, five grand from a podcast. I get on the consult call with the guy. We make his brand guide. He's like, I want to sell this to my clients. Can you help me sell this to my clients? I make a $4,900 sale 
to build out his website that sells my products. Oh my gosh. So now I've got $8,000 plus, right? This is, this is almost $10,000 at this point. And the guy lives an hour and 15 minutes away from me. We've done multiple things in person since then. And, and now he's resold my product to his clients, which is now over $12,000, right? From one show, one show. And these are relationships that that last forever, right? Because at the end of the day, the relationships, and you know, it's funny because you want to talk about ROI and people always talk about ROI. I got news for you. What is the ability? What is the value of having relationships built with people that either need your product or know people that need your product, right? Mm -hmm. And or service or whatever it is that you offer. And the other thing is, how valuable is it for you, right, to actually create authority in your space by being a recognized expert, a leader, when you show up on people's shows? Like when I'm on your show right now, I'm developing my expertise in the virtual team building, right, mm-hmm. and, and branding, obviously. Yeah. So like this is, it's a, it's a complete no-brainer. And mm-hmm. I think that it, the people that don't have a podcast, this is something I love about Gary Vaynerchuk. And the, 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 there's a clip on my website of a conversation that Gary Vaynerchuk and I have together. And matter of fact, our three and a half minute talk was the title theme for an hour and a half long podcast episode that he released last, I think it was earlier this year. Nice. Um, So that was a huge deal, but me and him had a conversation about podcasting in general. And he says that a podcast is so important because it's, top of the funnel content. Mm-hmm. Like this content right here is building a relationship and rapport with people and opening me up to a new, new audience, which is your audience, which is going to say, Hey, this Jeff guy, he's all right. And because I'm going to, it's a win-win because now I'm going to be sharing this podcast of us together with my audience. Mm-hmm. And they're going to say, Oh, wow, Tiffany, she's all right. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and we're going to, we're going to start this reciprocity of brand building together. Right. Right. I mean, and that's so true. I think one of the things that, that you said that kind of triggered me to think we have to be ready to say yes. And sometimes we don't know why. When I think, because you think about it, when you were being on other people's shows or you, they were being on your shows, there's not always an immediate, I know exactly what's going to come of this. We almost never do. But if you keep your hand, you keep your fingers loose instead of being all tight, like this is, I'm hanging on to everything, (laughs) just like loosen the grip and just be ready to say yes. And then that's when things just happen and, and it's, it is abundant. And you started it early on saying it perfectly. There's 25 million things that are great about podcasting. Here are five that will blow your mind is basically what I heard, you know, so. And and here's, here's the other thing. And this is from today. Okay. So this is my second podcast interview today. Two hours ago, at way too early my time, eight o'clock in the morning Pacific time, I I did that because I usually don't even start my day like I have kids, you know. So like I get them all situated, and we have dogs, so we feed the dogs, and then I usually wander onto my computer around nine a.m. <laughs> right. And what's interesting is that this morning the podcast host was actually in, in Cape town, South Africa. Mm. So five o'clock for her PM was eight o'clock for me. And I said, well, I can make it work for you. Right. And I popped on and she's a top recruiter in 
South Africa and she works with really big companies to help them do recruitment. And I was coming on the show to, to talk about how to increase your productivity on recruitment on LinkedIn, right? Oh, good. Yeah. And I come to find out that she's releasing a course on how to become recruitable, right? And yeah. she tells me that South Africa is really behind and that she doesn't. And then afterwards, she told me, this is after the podcast. She says, oh man, that was so fun. You can tell that you do this a lot. You had a lot of energy. It was really fun, entertaining. People are going to love this. And she goes, you know, sometimes I have these executives that come on my show and they, they're used to being in board meetings, not podcasts. <laughs> and they're so boring. And I said, oh my gosh, obviously I do branding for founders and CEOs, probably the same exact people that she's working with and recruiting for. Mm. And I said, why don't you and I put together some free training for those people, right? Mm -hmm. Those founders and executives to become, to, to help them tell their story better on podcasts. Yeah. We can put it, we can even charge for it, right? Right. 50-50 partnership. We can throw that out there because these are the people that you're working with anyway. And then you can tack on a consulting to where you record five episodes with them on video to make them look good. Here's another way to leverage a podcast. Mm -hmm. Here's another way. Yeah. Right. Yep. You can yep. pay people. People could pay you to come yeah. on and mm -hmm. do strategic interviews that make them look good. Exactly. Exactly. There, there right. are so many ways to monetize, but yeah. I mean, these are, that, this is examples of what happened today. <laughs> today. And right? that's just off the top of our head. Like that's just the stuff that just blows our minds. So, yeah. well, we're getting really close to the end. So I just want to, but before we do just really quickly, is there anything that maybe I should have asked that I didn't or something really quickly that you'd like to share? You know, the very first thing that I think is really important because I want to make sure that anyone listening to this, that this is actionable. I want to make mm -hmm. sure that people come off of this saying, man, this was, you know, like I actually know what to do. Cause I think the, the number one problem is analysis paralysis. Right. Like you've heard me and you talk about this now, if you guys are listening from, from your computers or on your iPhones or whatever it is on your, on the podcast, I highly recommend you check out the video, by the way, I think it's more personal, but I want you guys to think about what are some things that you're doing right now that you know you shouldn't be doing, okay? Mm -hmm. I want you to think about that. Write it down. Write down two or three things that you're doing right now that you know you shouldn't be doing. And I want you to simply go to loom.com or go to Google and Google Chrome and type in Loom extension, L-O-O-M. It's free. It records up to 10-minute videos. And start just making little videos of things that you do all the time. And then you can start delegating those things out, okay? Mm -hmm. You can go to vastafford.com, my website, if you ever need a virtual assistant. One of the things that I said before, remember, never try to hire someone looking for a job. Yeah. <laughs> Find people that, that, that are already doing this. And then just start thinking more of your life as a scalable thing. Because like what you said earlier, and this is how we opened up the podcast, is we talked about how so many people are stuck doing everything in their business. They're mm -hmm. wearing so many hats. They're their own accountant. They're their own secretary. They're their own video editor. They're their own graphic designer. They're their own social media manager. Like you would name it, right? right? They're processing refunds. They're doing emails. They're doing all this. They're setting up their calendars. They're taking minutes. They're doing their own show notes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You've got all the stuff that people are doing and, and there's not enough time to day. So right. I guess to, to give the question and the answer is like, just start thinking about things that you that you don't want to do and start documenting how to do those. I call these, by the way, 
freedom recipes. Okay. Right. Forget right. standard operating procedures. No one wakes up in the morning saying, oh, I can't wait to check out some new standard <laughs> operating procedures. But freedom recipes because they're recipes for freedom. Yeah. 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 I love it. I love it. Well, awesome. Well, I have one more question. I always end with this. I love good food. What is your favorite restaurant and what do you order when you go there? I'm going to have to default back to the Philippines. Only my Filipinos are going to know this, but there is a traditional dish over there. Okay. And by the way, the, the restaurant is called Barrio Fiesta. Okay. okay. It's tra- <laughs> Barrio Fiesta is right. traditional Filipino food. And my number one dish is called sizzling sisig. Okay. And sizzling sisig sounds really bad when I tell you what it is, but it tastes <laughs> really amazing, which is it's actually a fried pig's ear and pig face. Yes, you heard it right. Oh my goodness. With an amazing dish that has like some onions and a, a fried egg on top. And okay. it's just like this weird, amazing dish. And it goes really well with adobo rice. If you like adobo, anything adobo, adobo yeah. chicken, adobo pork, whatever, they have some amazing adobo rice, um, which is basically fried rice with this uh, barbecue style Asian adobo. So there it is. Okay. Okay. Very. And what, <laughs> what, what town is that in? Because I like to tag them in Yelp. I have like a running That's, Yelp favorite places. My favorite one is in Makati City, M-A-K-A-T-I, Makati City. It's uh, it's right on Makati Avenue. So okay. you'll see it on Makati Avenue. Very but good. That- that's the, that's definitely my favorite place. It's, it's one jeepney ride away from where I uh, was staying in the Philippines. I used to have a 2,300 square foot penthouse up there. I loved it. I've been to the Philippines 15 times. I, I took my family and we lived there for an entire month. Wow. And uh, by the way, for those of you who don't know what a jeepney is, I want you to imagine a jeep, but it's like a bus and a jeep in one <laughs> big diesel engine. And it fits like 10 Americans or like 20 Filipinos. <laughs> and, and, and you pay, get this. And when I first went there, it was seven pesos for a ride. Now it's nine pesos, which is about 25 cents. Um, 25 cents and it, it takes you about a mile or two miles away and it drops you off. And it's private transportation. It's not public. Oh, wow. It's just oh guys who own these buses and they just drive you around. You give 25 cents and... And when it's your stop, you just say, para, which means stop, para. And you just get off. And when I was there with my son, my three-year-old son, it was an adventure every day. He loved it. He wants to go back. (laughs) Well, there we go. Now we've got, we've even got some travel tips at the end. So this is, this is awesome. So where can people go find you? Jeffjhunter.com is my, is my personal site. And then if you're, if you need some help, if you want to take some of these processes and actually have people do it, you can check out vastaffer.com. That's my virtual assistant staffing agency. Excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Jeff. I really appreciate you being here a lot. Oh, my pleasure, Tiffany. And uh, excited, excited for where this is going. Guys, if you don't have a podcast already, you guys are crazy. You better follow (laughs) Tiffany. She's doing amazing things. Thanks, Jeff. And I really appreciate how you gave us some really good takeaways. And and I appreciate that they came in the form of the VA, like how to's as well as what you're getting out of podcasting. I think it was really, really fun. And thank you so much to everyone who's listening. And just remember, um, the best really is yet to come. Ready, go!